Before you're seated this morning, I want to give you my passage. We're starting a new series today. But before I give you any more, I want to give you the passage. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 13. Please swipe to your favorite Bible app and unlock your screens. And everybody swipe together. The old preacher said, let's, let's turn together to the word of the Lord. And well, we can't because nobody has Bibles. I got one. It makes me feel more holy if I carry it around. It's just a tool I use to remember that I'm doing something special. <laughs> no, seriously, it is good to have Bibles. If you guys still have one, I, I, I encourage using a real Bible sometimes. Mix it up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 13. Jesus here is explaining to the 12 something that you would think would be just so simple, right? Like how to pray. But up until this point, they had no instruction on prayer. And so we, if we don't have any instruction, how can we know what to do as Christians? Like we're carrying out his will and his mission. And what do we do if we don't know what to do? It takes like some instruction, you know? And so, so here is where Jesus first gives the apostles instructions on how to pray. Prayer was not a new thing, but Jesus broke the mold with the new covenant and showed them that pray in this way, he says. Matthew chapter six, verse five says, and when you pray, you shall not be not, it should be capitalized, like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the corners of the streets that they may be, and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. I could just hear his voice right now saying it just like that, like they have their reward for doing it that way. But you, everybody say you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret, in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. Ooh, man, Jesus is not playing around here. He just called the others heathens. I think he's being serious here. He says, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need before you even ask him. So in this manner, therefore, pray. You've all heard this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's get that 10 again. Verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one we call him the devil we call him satan we call him the enemy deliver us from the enemy for yours everybody say yours is the kingdom whose kingdom is it is his kingdom it's god's kingdom and the power and the glory forever so be it amen as you take your seats this morning just look to your neighbor and tell him I'm building something. I'm building something. And if you don't have a neighbor, just look at the next person 20 feet away and make them uncomfortable and stare at them until they look away in awkwardness and say, I'm building something. Am I the only one who stares at people until they run out? No, we don't, we don't want to run people out with staring. The Christian stare. It's like the church lady. Anybody remember Dana Carvey, church lady? That's just not the kind of church I wanted to be a part of. That's why we planted one seat church, because it's so, it's so special. We're starting a new series today. 
It's called Kingdom Builders. I've been doing these like short mini-series. They're only two weeks. Technically, that doesn't warrant as a proper full sermonic series. So we're going to call it like a mini-series, like one you see at night, at like nine o'clock on night. Like we used to watch um, Knott's Landing. Like my mom let me watch Knott's Landing like in the 80s. I don't know. I would not, I don't know. But I was watching Knott's Landing, you know, like mini-series, like made for TV. Like this is a shorter series called Kingdom Builders. And what led to this series is this idea of I try to use, like, I think of my life, and, and I hope that my, my weirdness can connect to you, and maybe you can go, yeah, I'm, I've experienced that too, because that's the idea. Um, but I, I think about growing up in my church experience, and it was kind of off and on, and it was like a visitation. It's like when, when someone's in a hospital and you go visit them, or someone had a baby and you go visit them, and then guess what? You go home. I was visiting I wasn't like part of the team at the hospital. I wasn't part of the team at the place wherever I went. I was just visiting. And that's, that's what I thought of as church. And, and, and what's shocking is most people think of church still that way, especially in the corona world. We've, we've turned it into like an episode of our week. Oh, what's happening this week on onesechurch.org on Sunday mornings? Let's tune in, you know. But, but we, we're forgetting something that actually that's God called you to be the church. And so, so, so there's, a, there's, a, there's a reminder that us Christians who already know this need to remember. And then there's also people who never knew this to begin with, just like the people who didn't know how to pray. Someone has to give some instruction so that we actually understand what kingdom building is. Because if we want to grow, we got to build. You can't just say, well, somebody else will do it. That never works. So I was thinking about this church experience, and there was a moment in my life, well before we planted One Seed Church, that I felt God said, you need to get into construction. You need to get into construction. No, not that kind. I'm a computer geek. I would never do good. I would bust my finger and be bleeding the first five minutes. Just ask my brother. He said, every time I help him do anything, Jeff's bleeding. So, so not, I'm not talking about like real construction. I'm talking about like God's construction crew. Like I started feeling like I'm not supposed to just attend. I'm supposed to proclamate and give and represent. And I kind of like heard this all my life, but I wasn't actually doing that with my life, you know? And, and you don't even realize it's happening until you're in your thirties and you're going, well, what am I doing with my life? And so, so there was a calling and, and I'm not saying everybody should be a pastor and uh, I'm definitely not saying that. And, um, and, and, and it's not for everybody. And, and what I'm saying is that everybody has a calling though. And there's a point where you should go from attending church to becoming the church. And it's a big difference. It's a big difference. And that happened to me, you know, I don't know, late 20s. We started doing like worship concerts. We would try to play worship concerts for youth because we felt like we needed to start giving the gospel to people. And, and it took 10 more years of fighting a church plant before I finally said, okay, I get it, God. There's no one else. Okay, I'm going to do it. And that was just my journey. But God changed my heart from being a visitor to being the substance of what the visitor would see. And there's a difference. So we talk about, you know, in the, in the, in the prayer here, your kingdom come. Like, what does that mean? What is God's kingdom? Well, we think of like the um, Shira or what was the children's palace? You remember children's palace, Michelle, the toy store? Way back. Anybody remember children's palace? Anybody? You remember it was an actual, like, castle. 
It, was so, it looked like a kingdom. Like when I think of heaven, I know it's weird, I think of children's palace. I know that's so shallow and not spiritual, but that's what my mind growing up would think of is the kingdom of God would be like this heavenly entrance like with the golden, golden road from Oz, you know, and all these visuals. But the kingdom is not only the destination. The, it says your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So God is saying there's something more to his kingdom, that his kingdom is here now. It says, it says um, um, repent for the kingdom of John the Baptist. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying, I've brought my kingdom into this world so that you could be a part of it. That's a lot different than thinking about the kingdom of heaven and someplace I will go to live with Jesus someday. So what does it mean when we talk about God's kingdom? Where is it and how do we get there? Do we call Uber to get to the kingdom? It's down on, you know, Market Street. We often think that it's heaven, and I believe it ultimately is, but what if heaven in this moment is meant to manifest here on earth? What if the kingdom has to be established here in my heart before it can be established to someone else? Maybe establishing the kingdom is to get it here so I can give it to the next person. Now we're sharing the kingdom. We're building the kingdom. And as the body of Christ, like, like it's, a, it's a real thing. Like we are the spiritual arms and feet and the literal, like we're, the, we're, we're like literally going out and doing God's will, sharing his kingdom. So we are the arms and feet of Christ. So when we think of ourselves as the body of Christ being extensions to reveal his kingdom, it'll change how you think about your day to day in your life and what's priority to you and what's important and what holds the most value. And now you're not interested in that thing anymore because your heart has changed. Considering we have all fallen to sin, just like the rest of the world, God reminds us that we will be supplemented and provisioned. Remember he said, give us this daily bread. Remember to pray in private. He's supplying us with something so that we can go do something. He's provisioned us with the things we need to carry out his instruction. And so when we're asking God to reach the world, well, he'll reach as far as we're willing to take it. He says, that's why you're here, to be the arms and feet. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And so there's a point in my walk where I got to quit being a visitor in God's house and become God's house here on earth as it is, as it is in heaven, the extension of God's reach will go somewhere. How many believe God still moves despite a virus? Do you think a virus can take out God? How many believe God is still active in this world? That he's doing things you don't see. I mean, can I be real? Sometimes I wonder, are you really there? Like I'm preaching, I'm telling everybody, you're there, God. Um, are you really there? Like, like, I've had this battle. There's been times where I, like, shame myself because I'm like, that preached really good, but am I believing that? Am I, if I can't believe that, then I can't be a hypocrite and give it to somebody else. And then God says, it's not your word. I said, that's right. It's not my word. That's your word. I don't have to validate and keep proving God's word because it's already proven. I just keep giving it. And God will, God will show us all something in that process. It doesn't matter what your role is, how much knowledge of the Bible you have, how much faith you have, because every faith shall be stirred at some point in your Christian walk. We're all at different uh, episodes of the series. And the series is your life. It's good. 
Has anybody ever like prayed and like you feel like God's not talking to you? And let me start over. Does anybody have kids? Okay, when the kids get up early, we say, I say, hey, it's Sunday. I actually say this every day. Hey, it's Monday, I'm working. Hey, it's Sunday, I'm getting ready to go to church. I gotta again, get my head right. And, and they talk really loud before like mom's up doing her thing. And the, like the, it's always the littlest ones, right? They're like the early birds. And then they get wiser with age and they go, we should sleep in. And now the, now the nine and 10 year olds, they sleep in. But the two, the two youngest, they're up like at seven with dad and they're roaming around the house. And before I know it, they're fighting by whispering really loudly in an argument. So I've taught them to whisper, but they whisper so loud, they might as well be talking. And Taz this morning is, is Kaylee, no, no, Kaylee, no. And I said, Taz, no, you're whispering too loud. Whisper softer. But sometimes I wish God would whisper louder, you know? So I was praying, you know, God, can you whisper loud and make Taz whisper, Taz whisper quietly? Taz is my, my younger boy. His real name's Colton. And I got to quit calling him Taz because someday people are going to not even know he has a real name on his birth certificate. That's not Taz. But, but I just wish sometimes God would whisper louder. I know he's got to whisper because if he wasn't doing it quietly, I could never hear him amongst the noise. So I got to get in this, this quiet place, this secret place of prayer. But sometimes I still feel like I can't hear him. But maybe he's still working. The series today is called Kingdom Builders. And my subject today is equipped by calling. We are equipped by his calling. Therefore, we are kingdom builders. Well, I never swung a hammer. Well, pick one up. Maybe you can do it. Maybe you can do something you thought God could never use you to do. Maybe you thought you were just too dirty and broken. Forgive us our debts, sin. As we forgive our debtors, the one we're judging, let us not judge because we, we, we've... We've been caught in the act too, you know? Like he is without sin, let's cast the first stone. Like we've all been there. So it's important that we recognize that God wants to use you in his kingdom. He rewards in secret what we think should be in public. Oh, I could preach a whole 40 minutes on this one idea. But can you imagine life without Facebook? What was that? Um, 1990. 2006, like 2004, life without MySpace. Oh, man, it'd just be over, wouldn't it? What happened to MySpace? I don't know, I forgot. Life without Instagram, life without at symbols. That's a, if, if you wanna really be a nerd with me, your at symbol is your user handle. If you wanna tag somebody, you at username of their profile and that's how you tag them and you get them, you know. So like we've developed in our culture to live in the public space to live in the public space, even for the private matters. We've learned to give it all away. We're like, oh, I can't even use language like that. We're, we're, we're just like giving it all away on Facebook. But there's some things God meant to give you that was intimate and in private. It's only, it's only meant for you and God. And he says, do it in, he says, shut the door. Touch your never tell him, shut the door, man. Shut the door. I can't hear my God. I'm praying and I'll be rewarded and open for what I do in secret because I trust him. And so we've learned to do just the opposite, that we just like say everything we think to everyone at any time. It's an open book conversation and we've spoiled anything of sacred value because we've just watered it down with the world's acknowledgement that it's there. And as time has progressed, we have shifted from this way of thinking 
private, old-fashioned, to public, everything goes. And that's a problem because Jesus right here, he says, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to the Father who's in secret. For your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And he's not, he's not condemning praying in community. What he's saying is, don't be like them, where it's really not about my heart, the prayer's heart to, to, to the Lord. It's, it's more about the influence of what people see them do. That's what he's knocking there. He's not knocking praying in public. We do it in church. But he is saying, if you want a one-on-one special thing with the Lord, there's things that can only happen when you shut the door. And right now, it's like everybody wants the fruit of the good part but they're not willing to shut the door. They go invest in the hard part. And that's, that's a dangerous place to be because you'll never succeed in life with any, any venture, any business, any, any schooling degree. Wouldn't it be nice? Well, I guess you can do this just to go buy your degree. Like you could just go order it online or something. Like the fruit of, hey, I, I posted this on Facebook. I got my degree. Yay me. I'm all good. But what about all the work that no one saw? Isn't that where the richness comes in? Isn't that actually what brings the value to the, to the paper? It's not really about the piece of paper. So we've learned to do the opposite. Is just go fetch the paper, just keep stamping on us this suitcase of everywhere we've been and everything we've done to the world. And inside the suitcase, there's nothing because we're not willing to go there because that takes work. That takes investment. That takes a real change in here. And that's what has to happen to shift your mind from visitation to builder. Visitation to builder. As we expose everything, we water down what is sacred. And that's, that's often where God gives revelation. I've wept on my office floor above my garage. Can I say that? Like a lot of times, broken. I've been broken in the most weird, non-spiritual places, like my office where I sit at my computer, because that's where I've fought the biggest battles, is in private. And that's where God has gotten through to me the most. Maybe it's the closet. Uh, he says, shut your door. I, always, I used to make jokes about praying in the closet because I do that too. Because sometimes I had to just go in the closet to get away from the noise so I could hear God clearly and, and, and get my thinking right. Because the devil will try to distract you into the chaotic, chaotic world of noise we're living in. And so you got to make time. To, I was always jealous of a buddy of mine, rest in peace, my friend Todd who passed away at a young age. But one thing I saw on his phone pop up when we worked together years ago at Joyce Myers, he, it, says, it says, quiet time with God. It was a reminder on his phone. I thought, man, I am such a heathen. Like he has it on his calendar. I was so, uh, and he didn't know I saw it. He wasn't even trying to show me. That was for him. I just happened to see it because he had like the bigger iPhone at the time and I was on like a razor or something and the iPhone was so cool and I was just like drooling over the iPhone. And then his, uh, you know, I don't really know. But what I'm saying is, He was willing to make the time. And if you're willing to make the time, God's going to show you new things. There's a season of growth we have to go in by coming into the door, being fed. But at some point, we're supposed to break the bread and start giving it out and multiplying the food to the masses. And so that's what being a kingdom builder is all about. And when you feel like you're not qualified, that's the number one thing I hear of people, why they're not at church or why they, they, God hates them. And they say all this horrible stuff that they're saying about themselves because really they're not, they're disqualifying themselves. But God is equipping anybody who's willing to, to change their ways and come serve faithfully. He'll equip them with the tools on the tool belt to do the Great Commission. I mean, heck, if he can use me, like for something good, he can use all you for great things. And I mean that. We all have gifts and talents, and we bring it together, and we start 
building something. But as we expose everything, we, we water it down. My reward for praying boldly is not so someone else hears me. It's about the blessing of God. My reward for serving is not to impress somebody else or show them what I do. It's actually showing God that he can trust me. You know, some of the greatest servants in, in our church and in God's kingdom, you don't even know about a lot of times because they're doing a lot of things that you don't even see, but they're there all the time. And there's so much trust there. Nate, I have so much trust with Nate and Mike and Vince and everybody. And I could, just, I could just name the whole church because we're small enough that everybody's awesome. When we get bigger, there'll be some people who are not awesome. We won't be able to talk, we won't be able to talk about them openly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a joke. It's a joke. I make jokes. Sometimes it's not funny. But, you know, take, chew the meat, spit out the bones. Um, but there's trust there. I used to really have a fear of trusting Nate. Is Nate in here? He's like, of course you did. Because, because I had to give away something that I was holding. And it was really hard because, uh, you know, I was kind of like very particular about certain things. And over time, now I'm like, I don't know, ask Nate. I don't know. Because, because I had to trust him. And he, he showed trust. That's just a leadership thing. He, 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 he showed trust by action and consistency. And no, Lonnie, I can trust her with the worship because she gets it done. She plans it out. Her heart's in it. It's not a chore to her. She looks forward to it. Even when I'm texting her saying, hey, this, hey, that, and I'm blowing up her phone constantly during the week, and she's like, ugh. And she's like, but I love the Lord, and I'm a kingdom builder. Come on, Nolani. It's a joke. Give it up for Nolani. She's our worship director. By the way, we have a band, okay? They're just not here today or last week. I'm being serious. They're sick, and it's, it's not worth the details, but we have a band, and when Derek gets up here on the drums, you're gonna, it's going to blow your mind, okay? This room is perfect for live drums. And um, Derek, our drummer, is, is recovering from a radiation treatment. And uh, we're not going to replace him. We're going to wait it out. He's recovering. He's our drummer. He's the one C drummer. And someday we'll put him in a rotation when he gets tired of it. But there's things happening here that you don't see. There's things happening here that you don't see. And that's okay because we don't have to see everything to believe. There's enough written that we should become builders anyway that we should become builders anyway. If I don't go to the Father in private, though, I'll never be able to understand his instruction to execute the blueprint. We built a house a few years ago, me and Michelle, eight years ago, and the house is great. And when it's all done, people are like, nice house, it's great. But what they don't see is the months, weeks, whatever it was, it felt like an eternity of building the blueprint, of building the plan, the way it's to be, and that private moment of sitting with the architect and adjusting this room and shrinking this room because now this room's weird and huge and that won't be a good resale and all these, all these little things that pop up in our head and all these things had to happen in private. We didn't just go, I didn't just go grab a hammer and start buying some wood from Lowe's. That would have been the worst house we ever had. We, we had a blueprint. And so what God does is he reveals his blueprint in private through prayer. How do I build his kingdom? Go to prayer. When you pray, shut the door. And then he says, when you pray, pray like this. He says, I'm going to supply you. I'm going to give you bread. I am the bread of life. I'm going to feed you. And even though they were hungry people, they were more spiritually hungry. And God said, I'm the bread of life. I'll feed you. I'll forgive your debts. My kingdom come here on earth. Here you go. Let's take it to the world, says Jesus. That would have been a mess if I just, I'm sure I would have busted my fingers if I just started swinging a hammer. But that's not what 
prepares me to be a kingdom builder. We are equipped by his calling. And that what, that's what makes us kingdom builders. And that starts in the privacy of your own moments with your God, your Lord and Savior. A lot of people won't go there because they have a need first. Well, when God takes care of this, then I'll, I'll give more of my time. But it's backwards. If you want to take care of that, you got to go all in. We gotta, you got to get your toe out of the pool and get your whole body submerged, immersed, because he already knows your need. Remember, he says he knows your need before you even say it, so why be so repetitious with your prayer? Remember, he said that he actually knows our needs. See, our prayer is more about than just verbally expressing our thought. It's about giving our heart through a communion with God in the moment. It's a spiritual transaction. It's a trusting thing. It's a bond-building relationship with God because in the end, he already knows what you need. That doesn't mean don't bring your needs, but I'm saying God knows your need already. So he's going to equip you if you're willing, but you got to go all in. If you want to fix the problem, go all in. He'll start speaking things to you you didn't even know about yourself. You know, the Bible is supposed to be a mirror to our, our life. And when you really open the Bible, like open it like, or swipe, whatever you do, and you, you use it as a mirror, it can show you some scary things. It can show you some really scary things and, and frighten you. I'm not saying we should just be scared, but I'm saying, but out of, out of, thankfully for the love of God, I've, I've seen some things even about myself. I go, wow, I didn't even know that was there. But the Bible reveals the baggage, the junk, and he gets it out of the garden so you can start producing fruit producing fruit, growing a harvest because he knows our need. He knows your need, so you don't have to keep saying he doesn't. That's why you won't do anything for God. Well, God, come fix this and I'll show up. Come fix this and I'll serve you. God says, come serve me and that's how I'm gonna fix your problem. You're asking me for something I'm offering right to you. I already know your need, so just come here and I will fix your problem. I'm gonna change your heart. God can try to show us all day, but until we're willing to apply his tools, apply his voice and apply his instruction. Has anybody ever tried uh, trifecta? This is the most ADD pastor I've ever seen. Has anybody ever seen, heard of trifecta food? Meal delivery, anybody? Are you guys real people or mannequins? Are you, are you, guys, are you guys awake? Are we, are we blinking? Are we blinking? They say you stop blinking when you stare long enough. That's what causes eye strain in the computer. I know all about that. So, so trifecta, Dawn, is a meal plan for clean eating. And I've been talking about as long as, you know, one seed that I'm trying to work on it and it's just always failing, right? And I've tried Bistro MD and I've tried the, um, what was the, what was the vet, the all vegan one? It was the really gross one. That's what it was. Yeah. That's the one that didn't work out. That was sick. They tried to make a burger out of like a carrot and I said, it doesn't really taste the same. And, and so all these things, but the, the problem is, is I kept having a supply to get better, but what I was I doing on top? I was still eating the Doritos at night and I was still taking on the extra like leftover lunch meat from the lake that has the little bits of cheese in it. And I was still eating the leftover, you know, peanut butter jelly swirl stuff that she gets because we're at the lake and it's lake time. And then we bring it home for the rest of the summer and I'm eating that while I'm still eating the trifecta and I'm still FAT, you know? So I'm going, God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? And, and I've got like more trifecta frozen meals in my, wait, those are the ones you can't freeze because they the spoil. I've got more meals than I can deal with and they start actually going bad. <laughs> I've been known to waste these meals. And Michelle gets mad at me every time I order them because she says, you're not gonna eat them. Because at the end of the day, I wasn't applying the meals to my life the way the instructions said which was all in. 
I kept trying to live down the middle. Have the Doritos over here. Have the, have the trifecta over here. Have the, have the um, whatever, cheeseburger from Sugar Fire, the double. It's the best around, even though they're a barbecue place. Have the double cheeseburger on Fridays because I had the trifecta at lunchtime. I'm compromising the plan. You see what I'm saying? We don't need this blueprint. Let's just build half of it that way. The rest will just do it this way from here. Does that work? No. We have to stick to the instruction and do it fully. And that can only be clear through these intimate moments of prayer. He knows your need, but we have to be willing to apply it. We are equipped by his calling because we are kingdom builders when this happens. Yours is the kingdom. Whose kingdom is it? God's kingdom. Here on earth as it is in heaven. Here on earth as it is in heaven. Here on earth. God will sustain and grow where you're willing to plant. He was teaching them how to pray because until they understand, understood that the only good dependency, um, what's, what do they call it, codependency? The only good codependency you want in your life is the one on Christ. Like, we need to be independent in order to be really strong people. We have to have a severe codependency on Jesus Christ. Like, severe. Like, like if I don't get God, to, if I don't get church, if I don't get God, I'm going to be a hot mess. You don't want to see me on Mondays. I wake up like the devil. Bring me back to Sunday. I'm getting better three years in. But we're a work in progress, and, and we, we need to have an addiction to our love for God. We need to be sold out and quit just showing up, which we are glad you're all here, by the way. But to be kingdom builders, we got to sell out, and we're, we are proclaiming the name to the world. There's people that have seen those billboards for a year now, and some of them are going to show up in two more months. We're proclaiming the name anyway. We're not going to stop building, letting people know that we're here, we're doing something, come on, get on in it, because it is good. And it won't be shaken, and it will grow, but it takes building. And that's what the church was called to be, was kingdom builders. And at the end of the day, and we got a second part to this sermon next week. But at the end of the day, when you question how your influence can matter, remember, it could change someone else forever. Forever. There's stuff going on that I've, I remember times in our life where you think like the, sometimes the thing you think is most worthless and not even worth sharing can touch someone because it's different to them. Their soil is different. So like we can become like a, complacent Christians and be, be just kind of used to the goodness of God and where it becomes almost kind of like stale manna to us because we're just kind of so used to being fed, you know, and then all of a sudden you just drop a little nugget, not a chicken McNugget, those are deadly. We're talking about like a nugget of God's word on somebody and, and five years ago and all of a sudden you find out they're in ministry now. Like they, they, something changed, there was a seed, like one seed planted and God did something with it. You think you gotta be a saint to be the one who drops that seed? hey, I'm hearing myself. This is kind of weird. I like it, but not. this is kind of spooky. Hey, that's super cool. That's a first. <laughs> hey, that's better than some of the other things like the power going out before and the mic battery dying and the lights breaking and someone being possessed by the devil. No, I don't know about that, but we deal with them after church. But, but what I'm saying is God can pour out a seed that's in your heart and that's spoken out of you and you're still, you're, still, you're still learning yourself. We're all there. We're all that way. 
God wants to use you. God wants to put you in the construction process as a kingdom builder. If y'all could stand with me this morning. It's forever. Corona's for a season. God's word is forever. Sickness is for a season. Heaven is forever. This earth is for a season. But this earth shall pass away. You know, our lives are but a vapor. So use our time wisely. And that little seed that you planted, you didn't even know, grew into a vine. And now that vine in them is intertwining other lost sheep. Thousands could be affected by your seed because you made a decision to get in the pool and fully submerse and become a builder instead of a visitor. God says, entrust me fully in your prayer and I will equip you to change the world. You are called and equipped for construction when you hear my instruction. So maybe today someone has come in here and this is all new to them and that's, that's totally cool. And we're just so thankful. Let me tell you, we are so thankful when you come in those doors. Like you have no idea, you have no idea what it does to, to like me or Michelle or the other leaders or the other members. Like it makes a difference. It impacts hearts when you, that we don't even know, walks through the door. Because we're building something. And every time somebody walks through and every time somebody changes their heart, it shows a little bit different in their character. And we see God doing something. We say, okay, God, we remember that we're, we're building something. This is not for me. This is not for me. Like, I'm talking about all this. Like, church is not for us. It's for, to keep. It's for us to take it and give it. It's for us to inhabit it so that we can then do something with it. We're vessels. Remember? We're vessels. And that's what kingdom building is all about. And that will be the most rewarding experience, and that will eliminate the problem that you forgot you even had because there is nothing greater than giving to something you have no nothing to reap in, no no strategy to gain from. No, I don't care if Facebook knows about it. I don't care about if anybody knows how many miles I ran because I ran two miles good for me. Yay. I'm really slow. I don't want to show that yet. I don't care if anybody knows anything about me because God knows in private what I did. And so something's got to happen in public, he says. And that's what happens when we bring it all together. We are kingdom builders. Look at your, look at your person next to you and look at yourself if you can say, I am a kingdom builder. I'm equipped by his calling. I was equipped by his calling before I was born to build his kingdom. You can praise for that because it's true. Just because you've fallen off the ladder and you've sinned, so have I, so has everybody. We are all born into sin. That's no reason to opt out of being a builder for the greatest house you're ever going to see. He says, I have many mansions for you in my kingdom. And if you're willing to build, you're going to experience a mansion like you've never seen before.